0: Well, howdy, Scooper Troopers. Welcome to The Dipshit Files, episode 12. Yes. I am the script keeper.
1: And I'm Mrs. Script Keeper.
0: And we've got a guy that eats people. <laughs> and his Again. stupid nickname is Peckish Pete. Jesus. And he is <laughs> often considered the UK's version of Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, if you were <clears throat> interested in like a lighter version of The Dipshit Files, would you say this is a light this version? This would
1: definitely not be a lighter version. In fact, okay. in fact, the research for this one was so dark and the past few weeks has been so dark. Mm-hmm. I, I did have us scheduled for another Cannibal next week. And you canceled it because you're canceled sick of this shit. It. I canceled it. So we're going to move <laughs> forward next week to the finale, which is going to be also kind of dark, but... F- Fucking funny
0: Yeah we'll talk about it At the end Yeah We can't guarantee It'll be funny I mean maybe I'm not
1: I think so You know we'll figure it out I think it's gonna be Snarky to say the very least It's gonna be
0: very interesting Too Now that I know what it is
1: But this guy Yes uh, If you don't like Darkness And things that make you Go Ugh uh, This would not be Your episode No
0: his name is Peter Bryan Mm -hmm. Peter Bryan Is our dipshit file For episode 12 Yes And I say we get right into it Let's open up this Dipshit file (laughs)
2: Shit files.
0: Okay, so fucking Abra. <laughs> I did the. We did the math. We've mm-hmm. done our dipshit danger and infamy meter, mm-hmm. or notoriety meter. Mm-hmm. And this motherfucker's high on the yeah, danger he meter.
1: Really, and you're soon going to find out why.
0: Right, and he didn't actually kill that many people, but Just fucking A, if he three. was. Uh, and this is one of those another kind of frustrating ones where. Yep. falls through the cracks.
1: Yeah, I think I actually broke something in my brain last week, though, <laughs> because as frustrating as this story was, I, there was no, there, there wasn't enough anger in me to just feel my face get hot like last week. Right. Okay. So I think, and you, he wasn't you're just even. broken, though. Even I, think, though I think I'm broke now.
0: <laughs> well. <laughs>
1: I'm damaged. Peckish, pre, peckish Pete.
0: <laughs> I can't say that too too fast, too often. He broke my wife. Yep. And, uh, I
1: was broken by Peckish Pete.
0: But we're actually having a good day. Now that we've been broken and reborn, <laughs> it feels like we're all right. So we're basically just going to tell this story from his birth to yep. his death, and we're going to talk about all the crimes and yep. depravities.
1: Very standard timeline moving forward yep. uh, from the beginning until current day.
0: Then at the end, we'll do our dipshit meter, so you guys can see where he ranks in our 14 people that we've covered so far. Yeah. And, uh, and then we'll do our conclusions, and we'll tell you about next week. Yeah. But let's get right into this dipshit file.
2: Peter Bryan. What a dipshit.
1: Peter Bryan was born in England after his parents immigrated to the country from Barbados. He grew up during the 70s and the 80s when corporal punishment was still legal in the UK's education system. But spanking or hitting Peter didn't seem to affect his nature much, unless one were to argue that it only served to make it worse. Yeah, probably did. All throughout his youth, he displayed a wide range of aggressive and antisocial traits. His desire to control those around him was evident and it would be an understatement to claim that Mr. Bryan had trouble taking no for an answer. In short, he was violent and manipulative, but when he murdered his co-worker with a hammer... In his early adult life, it was clear that there was something terribly wrong with Peter.
2: What's wrong with Peter there? Oh, he has this rare condition where he murders people. fuck. I
0: hope he grows out of that. Yeah, I don't think he's probably going to. Yeah. (laughs) You think? So we're dealing with another psycho, it sounds like, this week.
1: So he tried to kill himself but failed and was arrested by authorities and charged with murder. But ultimately, Peter didn't serve much hard time for the crime. Which becomes a pattern. He ended up in a rehabilitation institution for the criminally challenged... After a short stay in the medical facility, they began to reintegrate Mr. Bryan back into society, but before full integration was complete, he was accused of attacking a teenage girl, and it was fairly obvious that Peter was still dangerous, but what he did next went way beyond dangerous, and you're about to discover how he got the nickname... Peckish Pete.
0: Peckish Pete. Was he grouchy? Spoiler alert, it's from gnawing on people. <laughs> he thought they were Taco Bell, and, and he was wrong.
1: So peckish. The Webster Dictionary defines it as somewhat hungry, crotchety. So basically what we would refer to as hangry.
2: He's a hang... Oh, my God. <laughs> Why did you kill these people? I was very I was hangry. <laughs> I could not find anything that was open, and so I had to eat a person.
1: Somebody should have threw a Snickers at him.
0: Yeah. You should always have a Snickers. If (laughs) you determine that this person's a peckish person and gets too hangry, they should always have an emergency
2: Snickers.
1: (laughs) Born in London on October 4th, 1969, Peter Bryan was the youngest of seven children. Well,
2: that explains everything.
1: Peter's parents, Frank and Jean Bryan, also known as the Cahoons, emigrated from Barbados to England with Peter's father coming over in 1956 and his mother the following year in 1957. It was Well known that Peter Bryan was his mother's favorite child. Well,
2: that explains it right there.
1: He lived with his parents in England while four of his older siblings were left behind in the care of an aunt in Barbados, all of which would later rejoin the family in the UK, except for Frank and Jean's eldest child. At the age of four, Peter Bryan had a disrupted childhood.
2: Well, that explains everything.
1: Despite being his mother's favorite as his mother would frequently return to Barbados for weeks at a time. Well, that
2: explains everything.
1: Peter found himself in the company of babysitters for most of his young life. Sameses. While attending a local primary school, it was quickly discovered that Peter learned at a much slower pace than the other children. In fact, he required extra lessons just to keep up with his peers. He felt ashamed by this and resorted to bullying those around him to compensate for his insecurities. That's common. He would later describe how he enjoyed feeling power over other children by forcing them to give him their food or... Making them tie his shoelaces.
2: Yeah, did you get my math homework done? Yeah. Give me your fucking lunch. Okay. What is that fucking egg salad? Yeah. Your mom makes shit egg salad. I
1: know. You fucking tell her I said that shit.
2: Okay. As soon as you get home, you slap your mom. Uh, also fucking tie my shoes. Are you serious? Yeah, I don't know how to tie my shoes. Well, oh,
1: that's really sad. Oh,
2: don't feel bad for me. I'm gonna go on to kill and eat people in the future. <laughs> so as
1: unsettling as bullying truly is. It can be. The terribly disturbing story of Peter Bryan's life
0: of being a shithead. Would only intensify from here. Well, he goes on to eat people, so yeah.
1: Peter was no stranger to to caning at school and was punished for his aggressive behavior towards his peers regularly. Now, caning is a form of corporal punishment consisting of a number of hits known as strokes or cuts with a single cane, usually made of rattan, generally applied to the offender's bare or clothed buttocks or the palms of their hands caning on the knuckles or shoulders is much less common so basically i don't know it reminds me of bamboo okay. so if you have a bamboo stick and you crush the end of it so it's got a bunch of lines mm-hmm. i don't know have you ever been around broken bamboo yeah
0: yeah okay so that's what that's what that's they're kind of
1: with. that's kind of what they're hitting them with yeah
0: okay probably hurt
1: yeah oh i would think it so. was
0: probably a deterrent of some kind so Imagine the bare butt thing. <sighs> Imagine going to school nowadays and be like, uh, what did you do to my kid? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we pulled their pants down and smacked them with a I know. stick. Uh, In front of the class, too, because it was really weird. It's like,
2: what? What happened? Right. (laughs) And in this corner, all the lawyers.
1: Well, back then, teachers were empowered to legally enact extreme forms of discipline that included beating their students with a range of instruments, like shoes, paddles, leather straps, their own hands, even canes.
2: Everybody sit down.
1: No. We don't want to. You're
2: definitely going to want to sit down.
1: What are you going to do about
2: it? I'm legally, and with your parents' consent, going to beat your ass in front of all your peers. Oh, fuck. Let's
1: sit down. Yeah, let's sit
2: down. That's a good choice.
1: Back then, it was know know the thing but luckily this type of stuff doesn't happen anymore
0: now they use medical grade puppies
1: but in peter bryan's day it was a common practice right as a matter of fact corporal punishment in classrooms across the uk was actively used up until 1987 for state schools and 1988 for private educational institutions
0: no wonder they the pink floyd came up with the wall I they're like know. dude they're literally beating us. they no bashing us into fucking mediocrity. <laughs> Conformity, exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nevertheless, Peter's bad behavior wasn't corrected by these abusive punishments. And at no the, way. And yeah. at the young age of 10, his bullying tendencies turned into all-out aggression. You think? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not surprising. No. He would instigate countless fights with other boys and was known to relentlessly harass female children for sex. Yeah. Yes, you heard that correctly. Peter Bryan was only 10 years old mm. at the time. Where was this type of behavior stemming from? To this day, no one seems to know, but middle school offered no change to his behavior as Peter was given multiple suspensions for his continued sexual harassment of girls and allegedly slapping a female teacher. Hmm. At the age of twelve, Peter was getting high, and he was in a gang where he assisted in armed muggings on the streets. Well, fuck. Because, in his words, it was something to do.
0: Well, he is not wrong.
1: Around the age of fourteen or fifteen, he left school with just one qualification in woodworking and worked for a short time at Petticoat Lane Market in Spitalfields, London. Hmm. Petticoat Lane Market
0: is infested with
2: hobbitses.
1: Is one of a number of traditional markets in London and dates way back to the. 17th century, so it's an old old space. So no habits. during this time Peter was heavily experimenting with drugs
0: I've always thought the term experimenting with drugs was weird.
2: What are you doing doctor? I'm preparing a sample of MDMA for my peer review study. You're what now? I'm gonna fucking party my
1: ass off He later bragged to a psychologist how he used to supplement his income by falsely claiming unemployment benefits That's something to brag about.
0: He's just sampling all the crimes.
1: Alongside this, Peter also earned money from under-the-table paying jobs, stealing from his employers, and even dealing drugs.
0: Collect the whole set of crimes.
1: At the age of 18, Peter left home and began alternating between couch-surfing at friends' houses I'm sure they loved having them. to living in a hostel called the Flying Angel in East London. And they were also probably sorry to see him go. While staying there, Peter Bryan attempted to throw a resident off a sixth-floor balcony. Okay,
0: maybe they weren't too sorry to see him go.
1: The attack was completely unprovoked Yikes. a struggle between the pair saw the victim able to fend off his attacker and escape Leaving Peter Bryan with a deep cut to his head police attended the scene But they decided to take no further action against Peter nothing and that my friends is called a slap on the wrist And the first time Peter truly gets away with assault that'll teach him number one day encouraging for him I'm sure <laughs> by the age of 19 Peter had enrolled in West Ham College where he finally gained qualifications in math and English He was hoping to gain even more qualifications that might aid him in finding a better-paying job. Well, that's good. Then, a few years later, in 1992, at the age of 23, Peter began working as a retail assistant at a family-owned clothing shop called Omkar. That's good. But he regularly called out from work, often opting instead to hang out with other criminals in London and to take drugs. Okay, well, that's bad. He'd even been caught in possession of a controlled drug the same year and received a one-year suspended sentence... On the twenty eighth of October in nineteen ninety two at Snaresbrook Crown Court. Yep, that's another slap on the wrist. At this point, as an adult, Peter Bryan had attempted to kill someone Not good. and had been caught for possession mm. yet still had a relatively clean record.
0: Mm. And it only gets better. In the
1: retail shop, Peter would regularly work alongside the owner's daughter, Nisha Sheath was her name. I hope I pronounced that right. Nisha was a smart and talented twenty year old woman. She worked at the shop to help her parents when she wasn't studying social sciences at South Bank University in London. Initially, Peter and Nisha got along fine, with reports later stating that Peter had even fallen in love with the young woman. But then, on the 10th of March, Nisha caught him stealing a pair of boxer shorts off of a display stand. Okay, so I was writing this, and there's a couple of times i couldn't help but break off into ben caught stealing
0: I, that's what i was thinking before you said that <laughs> ben
1: caught stealing once when i was five <laughs>
0: i think we sang that in the inside shit yesterday i know it's in Dis- the air all right it's fucking it's going in the damn podcast <laughs> it was probably in the background while we were just doing that
1: Disappointed in his actions Nyasha simply asked him To put them back Where he found them And the incident Was basically forgotten mm. However a few days later Peter was caught Stealing again I've been caught stealing, stealing. Once. Once, Once When I, I was, was five I the Leaving Nisha with no other choice but to fire him from the family store. Completely reasonable. Peter Bryan didn't take losing his job lightly, and he quickly began to plot a horrific revenge. On the 18th of March in 1993, just before 7 p.m., Peter returned to the Omkar retail store armed with a claw hammer. Oh,
2: God.
1: Nisha Sheath and her 12-year-old brother, Bobby, were both inside the store going about their daily business. Their mother, Rashmi Sheath, had left only minutes before to prepare dinner for the family upstairs. Their home was located on a floor above the storefront. Nisha was talking on the phone with her friend when Peter walked into the store. The unsuspecting Nisha had no time to react to the absolute horror that was unfolding before her eyes. <sighs> Peter went straight for 12-year-old Bobby, knocking him to the ground with a hammer yeah. before he set his sights on the woman that, in his twisted brain, had wronged him. He attacked Nisha, hitting her in the head with a claw hammer roughly six times in total. Jesus. Bobby Sheath, bleeding profusely and in bad need of medical attention, regained consciousness and attempted to catch Peter, who had made a run for it. But even with the aid of a passerby who chased Peter for some time, they were ultimately unable to subdue the attacker, and sadly, Nisha Sheath was dead long before the ambulance arrived. Yeah. Peter Bryan may have escaped, But he wouldn't be hiding for long. Just over an hour after the brutal attack that left Nisha Sheath dead and her 12-year-old brother badly injured, Peter Bryan attempted to kill himself after jumping feet first from an apartment building. Hmm. Now, it's worth mentioning here... That when Peter Bryan was young, he had a friend that actually killed himself by jumping from an apartment building. Okay. So it may have been his first suicide attempt.
0: That's why we need those Futurama suicide booths.
1: The fall was between 30 and 40 feet. Frank Bryan, Peter's father, stated that his son had smashed both ankles. I mean, good. But a vicious assault, a brutal murder, and a suicide attempt are sadly not the end of this terrible story.
0: Why do the biggest pieces of shit
1: always hang on to the O-ring of life the longest? Peter survived the fall and was taken to St. Thomas's Hospital, where he was treated for his injuries. Upon his arrival, a nurse claimed to hear him repeat a phone number over and over again. Hmm. After writing it down and handing it off to the police... It was later revealed that the number was that of Nisha Sheath's parents. Oh, fuck. While in the care of the hospital, Peter Bryan was assessed under the Mental Health Act. A report would later state that, quote, Mr. Bryan displays remarkable unconcern and an eerie emotional detachment when talking about the killing. His coldness and indifference, though concerning, may be attributable to repeated questioning and recall of the event over previous years which causes emotional processing and the detachment of emotions from the incident. Mr. Bryan is, by his own admission, a sexually frustrated virgin, quote-unquote, who, judging by his past relationships, seemed preoccupied with obtaining the ultimate goal of sexual intercourse. Mr. Bryan claims to enjoy the challenge of chatting women up, but the, quote, chatting up must lead to fucking up. So to clarify, fucking mean sex.
0: All right. That's not sociopathic at
1: all. So basically, uh, yeah, he, he loves talking to women, but they have to fuck him. Yikes yeah it's it's a requirement,
0: right, so this guy's wires are all crossed up, yeah that's from the beginning. it sounds like that's sounds like it every from the single very one beginning. of the ones that we've talked about so far mm-hmm. it's been tough to see I mean they've all had weird <coughs> upbringings mm-hmm. they've all had complicated things. you know, this guy's got a life of crime early on.
1: well, he was born into a body that had a broken brain it did evidently sounds like it. Two days after the murder of Nisha Sheath, Peter Bryan was arrested at the hospital. He was discharged on the 30th of April and taken to Brixton Prison on remand for the murder of Nisha and the attack of Bobby Sheath. But Peter refused to let the Mourning family grieve in peace.
2: Psycho's got a psycho.
1: And just seven months later from Brixton Prison, Peter would write to Nisha's father stating, quote, this is his letter. I am writing to say... How very, very, very sorry I am. Oh, three verys means a whole
2: extra lot of sorry.
1: I would have liked to be part of your family, but due to this situation, this does not look possible. Yeah, probably not. Telling Nisha that I love her over and over again just does not work. And
0: assaulting her doesn't work. Really, nothing works.
1: Really, if there's a problem with the color of me, you're selling yourself too cheap. Mm. So if you'd be so kind as to send my clothes to H.M. Prison, Jeb Avenue, Brixton, London... I would be very, very, very happy.
0: Three varies is a buttload past a shit ton of happy, just so you know.
1: In my mind, Nisha will always live, and sooner or later, I will meet her, and no one can tell me to keep away from my daughter. Hmm. Good luck, Amkar. End quote.
0: Well, that was a psychotic rant that adds insult to injury. Yeah. That's a complete... <coughs> You know, he's not part of reality at that point.
1: Right. So that idiot actually tried to claim racism as a potential reason the sheaths wouldn't want him in their family. Hmm. Not the drug use or dealing, not his aggression and the terrible company he chose to surround himself with, not his inappropriate conversations in the workplace or even the fact that he stole from them. Let's face it. Nisha wasn't interested. Right. I she, mean, come on. Probably wasn't. No. Oh, he was definitely crazy. And one thing was for sure. Peter Bryan... Never should have been allowed out of prison. No. A month later, Peter was sent to Rampton Hospital. Rampton is one of three high-security psychiatric hospitals in England, alongside Ashworth Hospital and the notorious Broadmoor Hospital. I've never heard of that. In November of 1993, while awaiting trial, a psychiatrist working to ascertain Peter's mental condition would write... And I quote, I found his mental state hard to assess, although I am confident that he suffers from a psychotic illness. The symptoms are not well-defined, and I found it impossible to come to a diagnosis. End quote. Then on the 24th of February, 1994, Peter Bryan appeared at the Old Bailey, facing charges of murder and wounding with intent. He pleaded not guilty on the grounds of diminished responsibility, or what we would call... Dim- Insan- like the insanity plea, Yeah. Play, yeah. For Naisha's murder, and not guilty for the intent of wounding Bobby, but accepted he was guilty of actually wounding him and the case was adjourned
0: and everybody walked away going what the
1: fuck what the fuck is happening he
0: did it but he didn't do it and we all agree
1: so he didn't do it but he did it but he did hurt him got it so then on march 4th 1994 peter bryan was convicted of manslaughter on the grounds of diminished responsibility and wounding he was sent under sections 37 and 41 of the mental health act back to rampton hospital now Being sectioned under 3741 meant that he'd been convicted of something that for people without mental illness would have meant prison time, but instead, Peter would be treated in a psychiatric hospital for his own safety, the public safety, and for the safety, safety of the wider prison population. Under section 3741, the detainee cannot be sent to another hospital, given leave, or be discharged without the consent of either a tribunal or the Ministry of Justice. It also enables the hospital to treat the detainee without their consent, and it doesn't have a time limit. Hmm. Okay, so that's what that means. So
0: it's imprisonment (coughs) in a facility that's gonna kinda mess with your brain.
1: Right.
2: Let's see how this goes.
1: Although, just after six months, the detainee can apply for release to the tribunal themselves, and then every year after that. So it's kinda like parole.
0: Mm -hmm. We're gonna try our best. (laughs) We're gonna give you lots of chances.
1: Imagine committing such a brutal crime, being caught and charged, and then seeing the possibility of release in six fucking months. Mm-hmm. What the hell is this system? That's not
0: that's, six, That part's not great. Six months. But he's the extreme case. It's probably designed for the less extreme cases, I'm oh sure. My Where God. they're like, maybe you don't belong here, but you well got to be in here he for six have, long months.
1: Then he should have a completely different way of being treated. True. You cannot take a guy like this... And put him in, you know, I'm sorry, but I lost my mind for a moment.
0: People want to be nice, even when it's done. Not
1: everyone deserves it.
0: Well, yeah, when you kill people and eat them. Or <laughs> he hasn't even eaten anybody well, yet.
1: we haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. But, oh, it, it gets it gets better. I know. As far as criminal reasoning, Peter would offer up two very different explanations as to why he killed Nisha Sheath. During his extensive meetings with a range of psychiatrists both before and after the sentencing, uh, here we go. he alleged that Naisha's father owed him over 500 pounds what? and claimed that he went to the shop that day to collect it nah, he's the victim peter states that he had done this on a number of occasions with no luck but this time he claims he got triggered when nisha told him to get out and then pushed him fuck you pete then in the heat of the moment he snapped and lost control of his mind he said and i quote my head went i was not all there end quote hmm. but no one believed this story so Peter Bryan made up a new pathetic excuse to try and justify his horrible crimes and said that he and Nisha had been having an illicit affair and claimed that he had feelings of love for her. Sure. But whenever he got close to her, her mother would send her upstairs, forbidding the two of them from ever being together.
2: It's our job as
0: parents to keep our kids away from psychos the best we can.
1: Uh, okay. With this guy's history and what he's shown he's me. He's making it I sound would, like
0: he's fucking Romeo over
1: I here. know. When, you know, I would think that maybe Nisha was interested in him. I, there, yeah. I saw nothing. There was nothing to say that that was the case.
2: Okay. He was well, just all some all guy issues that issues and stuff. Yeah.
1: He's just some guy her parents had hired to work there that he kept fucking up.
2: Well, that's certainly
0: not how he was looking at it. Yeah, that is a weird <laughs> situation. Family business. You've got a son or daughter that's attractive in any way. And then you hire people. Mm-hmm. becomes a strange, strange mm-hmm. thing I've seen a few times.
1: Peter went into much more explicit detail about him and Nisha and their supposed relationship. But to be clear, this was his complete made up fantasy. OK. In my unprofessional opinion, mm-hmm. Naisha Sheath was the victim of a psychopathic monster. Yeah. We know there was no love, no secret affair, just an innocent woman going about her daily life, helping her parents and a horrible human with a weapon and bad intentions. Mm-hmm. That's the long and the short of it. And just like that, this brutal killer was sent away, never to be seen or heard from again. Oh, good. Barricaded behind walls of an institution far away, someplace where society was safe from his ruthless evil. Well,
2: that sounds great. Period. The end.
1: I mean, after all, once you've supposedly slaughtered someone, that's what happens, right?
2: Yes, that's where you go. Right,
1: right? And yeah. no second chances for Naisha Sheath, so certainly no second bouts of freedom for Peter Bryan, Right. Right. Mm. Well, as you probably assumed from my sarcastic tone, (laughs) that's sadly not how this crazy story ends. Dumb. It's only going to get a lot darker from here.
2: Oh, good. i buckle up.
1: Buckle up, buttercup, because it's going to get ugly.
2: This dipshit goes to 11. Yeah.
1: Over the course of the next nine years at Rampton Hospital, Peter Bryan would make what various psychologists would deem to be significant improvements. Mm. By January of 2001, staff and psychologists alike would report that Peter would benefit from being moved to a, get this, medium security facility. Oh, wow stating the positive gains Mr. Bryan has made in his treatment are a strong basis on which to develop more detailed awareness of his substance abuse and his overall offending pattern, especially attitudes towards violence and criminal lifestyle. You know,
0: real quick, this makes me think, you wonder, and I want to give everybody the benefit of the doubt, and I know that there are a lot of professionals that have done a lot of good work, Mm -hmm. but we're all people, right? and if you work in a facility and you are this professional mm-hmm. that's recommending these things. You have to wonder how many times they get played like a motherfucker right by these you people. You would think they'd
1: be professional at right. seeing but, that by but now. But it
0: feels so good <clears throat> when some when you see somebody like make a change in their life because you 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 know volunteered the information to them and they took it, you know, or you, t- you tutored them into some path and they do it. This person's—it's almost like a pat on the back for themselves. Where it's like, this person under my tutelage has been—I right. think they're good enough for a medium security prison.
1: Right. Well, it would—it would have to give them a I'm sense not of accomplishment. That's what
0: yeah, I'm not saying this guy that did it or gal, mm-hmm. but it—it it made me think of that because right. this person obviously
1: this person played is him like a
0: motherfucker, f- fucked, and so yeah. I, you wonder—you wonder if people's. You know Just we're flawed Maybe their flaws are like I fucking I'm gonna save this guy I made this
1: psycho better Yeah but You know There's gotta be a line there you yeah. can't be working in a high security criminal facility.
0: Well, peer review, i would imagine in my mind. Whenever I hear people talk about it, it should be a committee of you know peer review scientists that mm-hmm. are going over the data and saying, "Well, fuck, it. Uh, you're right. Mm-hmm. He is fucking ready for medium security." Instead of somebody that's like, "I feel good because he made me feel good."
1: <laughs> I'm, right?
0: He's, he's cured. Right? No, or whatever. Fuck. <coughs> I don't know, and I'm speculating, and those of you that are in the field of any of the mental science, uh, you probably know how frustrating it is. And, oh, I, yeah, and how I little, bet. And how little we, the fucking layman, know about mm-hmm. it, so I'm, I don't want to throw around things. I used to throw around pharmaceuticals a lot and, and you know, just condemn them all the time. Until I met people that are professional in that field and that are genuinely helping people. And, you know, so he's still dumb. Educate me, folks. Info at scatcast.com. All right, back to our <laughs> story of depravity.
1: Peter's parents were approached by his social worker about the upcoming plans to appeal his stay at Rampton during a visit at their home. Both Frank and Jane Bryan agreed that, should he be discharged, their son should come live with them temporarily. Luckily for them, this never happened. I can't imagine what the parents of murderous offspring go through, especially if they did their best to raise the child with the hope that they will someday be well-adjusted member of society. As a parent, I think my default would be feeling responsible and helpless, personally. I mean, sure, the environment can turn a person bad quickly, but is every parent to blame for the crimes of their adult children? And that is a huge question that is um, on the minds of a lot of people when they hear these stories.
0: We're responsible for, if we have a child that is showing signs to be watching for red flags mm-hmm. and be honest with yourself.
1: There are rumors that Frank was abusive to Gene and even to some of his male children, but nothing I've read claimed that it was very extreme or implicated the use of any weapons. That doesn't make domestic abuse right, but Is it the cause of My this? question was is that to blame for this, you know? Yeah, I doubt it. So it seems to me like Peter Bryan was a damaged good psychopath, and I'm yeah. sure news that he might one day return to society left his parents feeling unsettled, to say the least. Right? Like, no, that's right. a bad yes, idea. I we do. vote against that. They didn't even visit their youngest son much during his time at Rampton Hospital. And she
0: was, and he was the favorite to the mom. Yep. at First,
1: they instead opted to speak with him over the phone. That's fair. Hindsight is 2020, of course, but reading a small snippet from the hundreds of reports made by staff tutors and psychologists while peter was at rampton and knowing just what he would go on to do it's quite clear That he had them all fooled. big time. A vicious psychopath was hiding behind the face he wore like a mask. I think you all might know exactly where this is going. He
0: gets to go play with society again.
1: At the tribunal in March of 2001, it was decided that Peter would be conditionally discharged on the grounds that he (laughs) continues to take the antipsychotic medication prescribed to him.
2: And a personal ban on hammers. That should do it.
1: Then, following a trial six-month leave project organized by the home office... In July of 2001, Peter Bryan was transferred to the John Howard Center, a medium security unit.
2: Hey, what are you in here for? Oh, I did a whole bunch of tax evasion. I'm in here for selling drugs. Yeah,
1: what about you, mister? Yeah, I killed someone with a claw hammer. Oh, Oh, that's... Can Uh. I
2: have a new roommate,
1: please? Uh, Me too. Yep. Hmm. I said medium security. Sure. For a murderer
0: great idea
1: with a hammer
0: i want to know how many murderers were in there at the time he was in there
1: early on peter was assessed and described in the following report okay so i'm no psychiatrist but this report is a bit off-putting to me okay so i read through this and i'm not sure why it ended on such a you know lovely note okay peter has a ...adjusted well to his new environment. Okay. He's well-oriented to time, Mm. place, and person. He dresses appropriately. Kind of a low bar. And his speech is coherent. Try not to forget he killed someone. His conversation is appropriate... ...for a person who killed someone with a claw hammer. ...and interaction, good. Past performance in society, bad. He initiates conversations, although at times is very sarcastic in his remarks. I can relate to that. His insight into his illness is good. I highly doubt that. He tries to monopolize other clients on the ward... And it is observed that he encourages the other clients to split staff as he sits quietly, then laughs at the whole situation. His split
0: mo- staff, that must be
1: it start mu- problems. It or- must be, yeah. His mood always appears to be bright and his perceptions are good as he expresses his views as he sees same 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 i'm not sure what that means but he is very active in community meetings and tries to control the group
0: and they're all terrified of him for that
1: peter says he has a recurring dream where he gets a massive erection okay. and then he's shagging an indian woman right what, off, a br- what a breakthrough off-putting the report also described peter's appearance as well-dressed oh poised and very stylish. Nice. Real well, quick. fuck it. You should yeah. let him out. He's got fashion. Yeah. He's got fashion sense.
0: <laughs> Good God. My juvenile brain couldn't get over the word shagged in that sense.
1: Well, it was a bit disturbing because Nisha was Indian.
0: Oh, oh God, yeah. Now I feel like a cunt. Right. You should. I do.
1: While at the new center, Peter was allowed to play pool and attend bingo. Is
2: that the guy that killed people? It sure is. Yeah, that's the guy. Why is he in here with us? I don't know. How
1: was this even okay? I don't know. I'm just in here because I like the way poop tastes. Oh,
0: seriously? Damn. Yeah, that's gross. Yeah, don't flavor shame me bro sorry about that we shouldn't be in here with killers and also bingo he
1: was also granted escort leave which meant he could go out under supervision at the john howard center oh goody reports written about peter bryan were primarily positive which makes me wonder how much drugs were everyone on were the professionals at this institution actually best suited for the job how dare you Uh, or was peter just that good or all of the above i mean if manipulation and narcissistic tendencies are a part of a person's persona Then why the hell didn't an institution full of professionals trained to catch shit like this smell the bullshit that Peter was dishing out? Right. That's where I was like, you know what? We saw this. Sounds like it might
0: have been very charming.
1: Well, we saw this in the Ed Kemper case. Right. He had won over the psychiatric staff so much so that he was essentially employed. Remember? Yeah. Mother. So. Was there no indication that he was still, in fact, dangerous? He's better now. Or maybe more of a threat now than ever?
0: It does seem like some massive oversights occurred. I don't know. Not good.
1: So in February of 2002, Peter was moved to Riverside Hostel in North London. He was given keys. Bad idea. And allowed to come and go whenever he wanted. Bad idea. A privilege quite literally beat out of Nisha sheath with a hammer.
2: That's,
1: uh, yeah. Two years later, in January of 2004, after continued positive reports from psychologists on Peter's progress... He was moved to Riverside House
0: where he became ambassador of hammers for his wing because what the fuck is going on in this story?
1: A 9-bed residence in North London for people experiencing mental health challenges. However, his so stay was minimum
0: security. Yep. Right.
1: Oh, he had keys. He could come and go whenever right, he wanted. Yeah, nope, okay. like no security unless he needed help somewhere. Great ideas. However, his stay there was short. Yeah,
0: not the ideal roommate that guy.
1: Allegations quickly arose that Peter had sexually assaulted a 17-year-old girl. Ah. Who he'd known for some time this young woman was reportedly someone he'd hung out with as part of a group on multiple occasions the girl who was never publicly identified alleged that on the night of february 5th 2004 peter invited himself into her home on the premise of checking to see if a dvd player worked once alone peter and the young girl were sitting on the edge of the bed together talking when he started coughing in her face Annoyed by this, she stood up, but Peter grabbed her by her wrists and threw her back onto the bed. He then climbed on top of her and pinned her down by sitting on her arms before he began to hit her. The girl went on to say that during the struggle, one of her acrylic nails had snapped off and her finger was bleeding. So she went to the bathroom to wash the blood away when Peter came up behind her and threw water in her face. She pushed him off, but he warned her saying, you don't know what I'm capable of. Oh, boy. But the brave teen replied, I don't care what you're capable of. Get out of my way. Uh. She shoved past him and ran into the kitchen where he again came up behind her and covered her mouth while forcing his hand down her pants. Terrified, she grabbed a knife and began screaming at him to leave. But Peter took hold of her hand and she dropped her only weapon. Uh. The young girl began punching, kicking, and screaming in desperation, begging for help as she ran into her bedroom. When Peter approached her there, she hit him so hard with a wooden object that it snapped in two. No, you need bullets. Peter's response was, stop hitting me. You don't know what I'm capable of. Oh, poor girl. Miraculously, the girl was able to escape from the house as Peter verbally threatened her, saying, you better watch yourself. Of course, Peter had an entirely different version of events that transpired during the ordeal. Oh, I'm sure this will be stupid. He admitted that he had been at her place that evening to watch DVDs. With an underage girl. With a 17-year-old girl. What is happening? At some point, he claims he lost his phone Mm -hmm. and began play-acting with her, accusing her of stealing the phone. Now fuck your dumb brain, Peter. Peter claims he was simply joking around. Yep, stupid. Next, he bizarrely began, in his words... Blowing a raspberry on her stomach. What is fucking happening? Before exiting the apartment without his phone.
0: What in Planet Goof Troop just happened?
1: You know what a blowing a raspberry is. Yeah, the like what you Zerba- do to or little zerbits. Yeah, yeah Zerbit. like what you do to a baby's bottom, of baby's feet. <laughs>
0: None of that makes sense when an adult said that.
1: No. He denied any sexual activity and the girl involved, along with her family, refused to contact the police. Okay. Instead, a complaint was lodged with the warden against the victim. This is
2: just in. Up is down. Down is up. Fuck you for noticing. Now back to your regularly scheduled bread and circus. Because
1: the girl involved had used a knife ...to protect herself.
2: Get fucked.
1: Right. Wow. Other reports suggest that the girl's family and friends... ...actually went to Peter's residence to threaten him.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: And it's unfortunate that they were unable to actually get their hands on him. I mean, who knows. If they had, maybe Peter Brian Nightmare would have ended right there. But, of course, it didn't and things continued to get worse. And this
0: is why he's on the dipshit files.
1: The staff were worried that Peter would be in danger following the incident. And in notes recorded by a social worker about what happened... It was stated that following the allegation, and once again for his own safety, Peter was to be moved out of Riverside House and be sent to the Topaz Ward at Newham General Hospital, and due to the victim's reluctance to put them, push the matter further, the whole thing was dropped. What? I don't know how...
2: <laughs> oh, yes.
1: I don't know how many get-out-of-jail-free cards that is now but all these freebies would lead to a horror the UK wasn't very familiar with. Murderer Peter Bryan was moved to the Topaz ward on the 10th of February 2004. He was admitted as an informal patient. This meant that he had way more freedom and could come and go as he pleased. It was made clear to staff that Peter Bryan should be treated as any other informal patient would be.
0: I definitely don't understand the hypothesis that they're working on.
1: After being admitted, a mental health examination was conducted and the following notes were made. Quote, Mm -hmm. Peter Bryan was talkative, made good eye contact. His speech was clear, coherent and communicative. His mood was six out of ten and his effect was
0: he did take my lunch and make me tie his shoes, but you know.
1: There was no sign of paranoid or suicidal ideation and no formal thought disorder. And there were no signs of delusions or hallucinations. Yeah, but
0: there's a record of when that happened previously.
1: Further on in the assessment under the vulnerability heading, it stated that other people were more of a threat to Peter Bryan's well-being than he was to theirs. Wrong. Yeah. Which is complete crap. Usually wrong. A day after Peter's admission to the Topaz ward, his social worker wrote to the home office stating, quote, Further to our conversation yesterday, I'm writing to inform you that Mr. Bryan was admitted to the Newham Center for Mental Health informally on the 10th of February, 2004. This situation arose following an alleged incident of indecent assault on a girl of 17 years old. Mr. Bryan has denied the allegation, but apparently some friends or relatives of the girl went to the residential home where he lives yesterday to, quote, sort him out. Yeah,
2: sometimes normal
1: folk do that. Fortunately, Mr. Bryan was not at home at the time. Was it fortunate? So far, the police have not been informed, but we have taken steps to inform the multi-agency public protection team.
2: MAPS. Fucking goddamn government. Never fear. Government man is here.
1: Wait, now our house is on fire. And
2: somebody killed our dog. Whoops, gotta go. Oh, fuck, my wallet's gone too. Government
1: Following discussions with his responsible medical officer, a decision was made to admit him informally For his own safety. Yeah,
0: the poor thing. A
1: full risk assessment of Mr. Bryan will be undertaken while he is on the ward. Any indication of risks will be forwarded to you. In light of the above allegation coming to my attention, I intend to put on hold my previous application to move him to low support accommodation. I would also like to take this opportunity to seek permission to move Peter to another appropriate residential home that offers 24 hour support before he is discharged from the hospital.
2: We also thought we'd give him this claw hammer and
1: an AK-47. Just because he's doing so good. I will keep you informed of events as soon as I have more information. Should you require further information on this matter, please do not hesitate to contact me. End quote.
0: Dear hospital guy, I got your letter. Are you high AF? The dude kills people. Why are you forgetting that? P.S. Stop giving him claw hammers.
1: On the 17th of February, Peter Bryan left Newham General Hospital, And took a bus into Stratford. And was a pillar of their society. From there, he went to the Juice and Builders Merchant Store on Grove Crescent just before 4.30 p.m. and bought the following items. Uh Uh-oh. A claw
2: hammer. (laughs) Fucking God. A
1: Stanley knife. What? And a screwdriver.
0: The day of release. Yep. They, they nailed it when they fucking assessed yep. them. That was right. perfect.
1: So if you were blind going into this case, no matter what you think, you're about to hear, for the most of you, this is probably worse. After leaving the store, Peter went to visit a man named Brian Cherry at his ground floor council apartment. Brian Cherry was a 45-year-old man described by his sister as a big softy. He'd had a tough life up to that point. He suffered from epilepsy and was unable to work after an accident on his previous job that had severed his thumb. He was awarded a meager $8,000 in compensation mm. to live off of, and as you can imagine, eight grand only stretches so far. Brian Cherry had lived with his mother and father for most of his life before before moving into his own apartment when his parents were taken into sheltered accommodation, which is UK's equivalent to a retirement community. I did not know that. Cherry's brother also described him as a sweet man. In fact, everyone said he was really kind.
2: But psycho's got a psycho.
1: Peter Brian had apparently met Brian Cherry through a woman named Nick. Nicola Newman. Nicola was a friend of another resident at the Riverside House where Peter had previously been staying, and apparently, Nicola Newman wasn't exactly the kind of person you'd want around someone lonely and vulnerable like Brian Cherry. Nevertheless, Brian was obsessed with the woman and believing that she was his girlfriend.
2: Oh, that's not good.
1: By all accounts, Brian Cherry would have done anything for Nicola Newman. And she reportedly took full advantage of Cherry using what little money he had to feed her drug habits.
2: That can get expensive.
1: Nicola and an unidentified friend from Riverside House would go to Brian Cherry's house most nights to drink and take drugs. She would later admit that, at this time, she was taking over a £100 a week from Brian Cherry to pay for her drugs. I
0: hate to be insensitive, but I've spent way more money on drugs per week than that. Even adjusted for inflation and currency exchange. What? I'm not saying I'm proud of it.
1: She even told the naive love-struck man the money was for taxis because she'd been banned from driving. She probably
0: was banned from driving.
1: Yeah, whatever. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Mm. On the evening of the 17th of February, Cherry had just gone to Sainsbury to buy some alcohol and cigarettes for Nicola and her friend before going back to his apartment alone. He told Nicola that he would see her later that evening, but Miss Newman quickly sold the items Brian gave her and then used the money to buy drugs instead. Oh. Around 6 p.m. Peter Bryan showed up at Cherry's place Mm. He was immediately let in I mean after all Cherry believed he and Peter were friends So there was no issue
0: Except psychos have to psycho
1: About a half an hour later Nicola tried to call Brian Cherry and score some more money from him Mm. But she didn't get an answer Don't go over there Desperate for cash She got a female friend of hers to drive her over to his apartment (laughs) Nicola rang the doorbell but again there was no answer but she could hear movement inside, so she knew someone was in there. Yeah. Using a key that Brian Cherry had given her, she opened the door and let herself into the apartment. She was immediately greeted by the strong smell of disinfectant and a half-naked Peter Brian carrying a kitchen knife. I'm going to come back later. He was shirtless, okay. with his shoes and jeans still on. Mm. Startled, Nicola asked Peter what he was doing there and where Brian Cherry was, but all Peter said was, Brian Cherry is dead.
0: Yeah, I'll just be coming back later. Miss
1: Newman glanced towards the living room and saw Brian Cherry lying naked on his back. Okay. His right arm had been removed, ah. and it was laying next to him. Fuck. Nicola, trying her damnedest to hold back her fear and not let on that she saw anything told Peter that she'd see him later before hurrying out of the ground floor apartment. Way
0: to keep your head. I feel like I could easily shit myself and pass out in that situation.
1: Why Peter allowed her to leave, we'll probably never know. But I guess, lucky for her, she was able to play cool. Yeah. With her friend still waiting in the car outside, Nicola quickly told the woman what she had witnessed. The shocked friend told her she had to call the police. But Nicola Newman didn't, and authorities weren't notified, at least not right away. Nicola was worried that if she called the police, she'd be arrested for an outstanding warrant in her name. Mm. Instead, she instructed her friend to drive her home, stopping along the way to tell an unidentified male and female what she'd seen, so they know. When Nicola got home, she alerted her mother to the scene in Brian Cherry's apartment, and that's the person who finally called law enforcement. Two police officers were driving nearby when they received the call. They were quickly dispatched to Brian Cherry's address. Poor guys. The officers were told there was a man in the apartment who'd been seriously assaulted fuck but at that point they weren't sure if the victim was dead or alive when the officers arrived they forced open the door and stepped into almost complete darkness coupled by an unbearable smell of disinfectant the police were quickly met by Peter Bryan he was only wearing jeans still and shoes but he was also covered in blood at first the police were confused They thought Peter Bryan was the man they were there to aid. Oh, shit. It was only after Peter told them that the apartment was not his... That'll
0: fuck with your chemicals.
1: ...that real horror started to sink in. The authorities quickly realized that there were no major wounds on Peter Bryan. It seemed as though the blood he was covered in wasn't his own. They instructed Peter not to move and told him to keep his hands where they could see them as they searched the rest of the property. Moments later, they discovered Brian Cherry's body in the living room and it was in pieces Ugh. the two arms had been detached at the shoulders and they were lying a short distance from the torso next to a full leg that had been severed around the buttocks what? there was also an unfinished deep cut in the other leg and Brian Cherry's head had sustained brutal injuries Jesus. next to the body was the hammer the screwdriver and the Stanley knife that Peter had purchased just hours before. They were all too covered in Brian Cherry's blood. Police asked Peter if Brian Cherry was alive when he got to the apartment and he calmly told them yes Cherry was alive. Peter stated that he had opened the door for me when I knocked. Police pressed further asking if he'd been the one to kill Brian and Peter replied yeah I did it. I don't know why I did
2: it. Because psycho got a psycho.
1: Peter watched with a smile on his face as the police moved to enter the kitchen, Ugh. and just before the officers discovered the horror that lay beyond the door, the blood-covered man said, quote, I ate his brains with butter. And now I'm
2: quitting the police force.
1: It was very nice, end quote.
2: Then he went... <laughs>
0: You have to wonder where he got the recipe. Welcome to Cooking Human Flesh with Nigel. You're going to want to get your pan real hot for our extra virgin olive oil. Now, first thing we're going to want to do is get that skull open. Just a reminder, it is super illegal to kill people, but they can volunteer to be eaten. I'm sorry.
1: On the stove in the kitchen was a frying pan. It contained a white substance with a yellow tinge to it. Next to the stove, they found a plastic plate with what appeared to contain bits of flesh. Next to that was an open tub of butter and clover. They should never have let him out.
0: No, that's <laughs> a good point to place right here in the story. Right.
1: So while waiting for backup and a police van, Peter Bryan turned to one of the officers and said, I would have done someone else if you hadn't come along. I wanted his soul. Yikes. Peter Bryan was taken to Barkingside Police Station when the van arrived, where he was remanded. While in custody, police noticed that Peter was indeed wounded. He had a pretty bad wound on his index finger. When he was asked how he got it, Peter simply replied, Oh, that's where he bit me. Oh, that poor man. It was later determined that Brian Cherry had been struck by the claw hammer a total of 24 times. Fuck. A pathologist would later conclude that the amputation of Cherry's right leg only stopped because the police showed up. He wasn't even finished yet. Peter Bryan would later reveal in court, quote... I wanted to carry him out bit by bit and get rid of the body. I used a Stanley knife to cut them off and some other kitchen knives, but I had to stamp on them to break the bone. Fuck me, run. He went on to say oh, that God he was damn. comforted. Oh, he was He went on to say that he was comforted by the smell of blood.
0: Yeah. All I have are various grunts to make at this point. He
1: was obviously charged with murder. Hmm. Peter was interviewed by psychiatrists that determined he was fit enough for them to do so and because it was determined he was fit enough to be interviewed he wasn't placed in a hospital but rather sent to pentonville a category b men's prison located in central london but that didn't last long staff couldn't even enter his cell without a riot shield for fear of being attacked by peter wow he would often violently threaten staff and fellow inmates He even expressed he wanted to eat a human nose next, and nicknamed himself Peckish Pete.
0: Hmm. That was his own. He can't keep that nickname. You can't give yourself a nickname. No. We have to take that from him.
1: With his behavior and mental health worsening, Peter became too much of a risk and was eventually moved to Belmarsh Prison. Later, he ended up leaving the prison for Broadmoor Hospital on the 15th of April, 2004. Now... Broadmoor is Britain's and arguably one of the world's most notorious criminal hospitals Originally called the Broadmoor Criminal Lunatic Asylum It opened in 1863 and has since housed some of the world's most horrific criminals Mm. Some of those include Peter Sutcliffe, the Yorkshire Ripper Ronnie Cray from the Cray Twins David Copeland, the London Nail Bomber Hmm. Robert Knapper, the Wimbledon Common Killer and Robert Maudsley, the pedophile cannibal. Jesus. Peter Bryan, who was originally kept in solitary, was moved to the general hospital population after appearing to staff that he was settled. But just 10 days after being admitted into Broadmoor, Peter Bryan met Richard Loudwell. Real quick. Yeah.
0: Pedophile cannibal. (laughs) I know. Is the worst name. Yeah. That is the most evil fucking nickname
2: hey welcome to hell what did they call you i was randolph the strangler okay shit. Uh, and you well they called me jimmy the donkey puncher but i'm not here for punching donkeys necessarily yeah did you fuck the donkeys eh? yeah and what about you toby i'm toby Uh, that doesn't sound very evil Uh, toby the pedophile cannibal oh Oh, shit uh, we've got a real fucked up place for you right
1: this way richard loudwell was a 59 year old man who was held at the hospital after being convicted of the manslaughter of Joan Smith by reason of diminished responsibility. Joan was an 82-year-old woman who was found dead in her apartment on December 2nd of 2002. She'd been sexually assaulted, and her body was covered with burns and bite marks. Richard was arrested the same day and found, they found Joan and was sent to Elmley Prison, then Belmarsh four days later. Finally, on the 15th of January, 2004, Loudwell was transferred to Broadmoor. Just after 6 p.m. on Sunday, April 25th of 2004, Brian, Peter Brian entered the dining room at Broadmoor Hospital's Lutton Ward. Although nine staff were on duty at the time, this room was currently unattended by any of them. Hmm. Whoops. Yeah. Without warning, Richard Loudwell was pounced on and initially strangled with a cord from his sweatpants. Then Peter Bryan began bashing the unconscious man's head against the floor repeatedly. The attack was sustained and went unnoticed by staff for several minutes. Eventually, after hearing the commotion, the staff rushed into the dining room to find Richard lying on the floor, face covered in blood and deep marks around his neck from the cord Peter used to try and strangle the life out of his fellow Broadmoor resident. But Richard was still alive. And he was rushed into a different kind of hospital but he would never regain consciousness again richard had contracted pneumonia as a result of the attack and died on june 5th of 2004. on the 15th of march 2005 now triple murderer peter bryan pleaded guilty to two counts of manslaughter by reason of diminished responsibility and was sentenced to two concurrent life sentences before his time at court, a series of interviews later described as Silence of the Lambs style were conducted by psychiatrist Dr. Martin Locke. Peter told Locke when speaking of Richard Loudwell, quote, I'll get these urges, you see. I've had these urges ever since I saw him. He's the bottom of the food chain.
2: Says the dipshit.
1: Old and haggard. He looked like he'd had his innings, and I was just waiting for my chance to get at him. I wanted to kill him and eat him. Dude. I didn't have much time. If I did, I'd have tried to cook him and eat him. I felt excited when I attacked him. I wanted to shag him when he was alive and also when he was dead. I wanted to cook him, but there was no time nor was there access to cooking equipment. I considered eating him raw. Yeah, of course you did. Mm. When Dr. Locke asked Peter if he believed cannibalism was normal, he replied, Of course it's normal. Arms and legs taste like chicken. Cannibalism has been here for centuries. Not wrong. If I was on the street, I'd go for someone bigger. You know, just for the challenge. The human body is a natural food source, and it makes me stronger. End quote.
2: Uh, wrong. That is both false and wrong.
1: He went on to make threats about other inmates, saying, It's something like a ritual. I want to kill eight people and be known as a serial killer.
0: Uh, yeah, sir, this is a Wendy's.
1: What makes all of this even more disturbing is the fact that when Peter was younger, he actually taught cooking classes. Oh, wow. Then after well, it the
0: sounded like he knew what he was doing when he was, he's like, got cloves and right, shit. I know. Brains and butter and... Oh, it was Delicious.
1: Then after the cold-blooded murder of Mr. Cherry, Peter would joke about making Ripper-style dishes like Suckliff souffle and Yorkshire pudding. mm Dr. Locke came to the conclusion that, quote, Peter was the most dangerous man I have ever assessed.
0: He is pretty high on our list, too.
1: Peter Bryant justifies his crimes, telling psychologists that he cannibalized as a part of a voodoo ritual. He likened it to eating the forbidden fruit. He explained that he had consumed his friend and would have done the same to Richard Loudwell. He thought it would make him invincible. This story showcases the many serious failings of the legal system in the U.K., prosecutor Joffrey would go on to say the case reveals a chilling insight into the mind of a man who has literally developed an appetite for killing
0: Why that pun seemed quite intentional
1: The circumstances of this defendant's offending, the inability of experts to detect when he has had his most dangerous, and his settled desire to cannibalize his victims all combine to make him uniquely dangerous
2: huge dipshit
1: judge Giles Forrester told Peter quote Peter you had the urge to not only kill but also eat the flesh of your victims you experienced feelings of power and invincibility not only that but you gained sexual excitement from the act of battering your victims to death you killed on these last two occasions because it gave you a thrill and a feeling of power when you ate flesh the earlier treatment of the hospital did not cure your disease and there is no reason to believe a hospital order now will do mm. what it failed to achieve back in nineteen ninety-four. Mm. It is clear that you can appear calm and cooperative while harboring bizarre psychotic beliefs.
0: Bizarre as end a good quote.
1: Word. Fuck. The judge was right, but how many incorrect assessments and botched analysis did it take to come to the conclusion that Peter Bryan should, at the very least, be locked up for good? This was avoidable in so many ways. It was, yeah. And one of the reasons why I chose this subject. As recommended by the prosecution, Peter Bryan was finally given a whole life sentence. Yay! Yeah. And to this day, he remains a patient at Broadmoor Hospital. After the systemic failings in this case, NHS England will go on to release multiple inquiries into the care of both Peter Bryan and Richard Loudwell. These inquiries began in 2005 and a total of 62 witnesses were interviewed. The NHS and home office admitted to seismic screw ups and made multiple recommendations so that this type of situation never happens again. Yeah, good. In a statement made during one of the inquiries, it was written, quote, we also wish to acknowledge the event which gave rise to this inquiry. Although we are out of necessity, had to concentrate mainly on Peter Bryan in this report. Brian Cherry must not be forgotten. It seemed as though it was only too easy to forget the man himself in the media frenzy which surrounded his shocking and untimely death. If this report and the recommendations, which we suggest can in any way prevent another such tragic event, then we hope that will be a fitting memorial to a man much loved and missed by his family. Yeah. End quote.
0: Oh, well said.
1: So, all good, right? That's the end of the story, and Peter Bryan is right where he needs to be, in a criminal medical center for the rest of his life.
0: I have a feeling that you're not going to tell
1: <clears throat> us if that's true. Right? Well, not, you, no. <laughs> you are correct. No. Not exactly. In 2006, Peter Bryan's whole life sentence was overturned by Justice Lord Phillips. Yeah. That makes no sense. In the Court of Appeal, Justice Phillips told the court that Judge Forrester had failed in his duty to adequately reflect on Brian's mental illness. It was overturned. Wow. So, Peter Bryan brutally murdered three people and was given the benefit of the doubt time and time again, like it's the bigger person thing to do. And why? Because in layman's terms the devil made him do it Mm, that that devil is mental illness you know this is actually really sad cases like this would give people an excuse to further stigmatize those living with this kind of disorder the outcome here stains sufferers of mental illness as potential ticking time bombs with possibly no recourse for their actions when the truth is these conditions rarely result in violent symptoms towards others Especially on this level.
0: This guy wanted to be a serial killer. That's what he said. This guy liked, Oh, That's ridiculous.
1: Right. But they didn't. And now a serial killing, self-confessed cannibal monster who openly intends to repeat his actions and has stated himself that he should be in prison for life, may one day be back out on the street, dying for nothing other than to feed.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well... I feel like you're not happy about that last part, <laughs> <laughs> nor any of the rest of the parts.
1: Good God.
0: Well, now let's see just how dangerous this fucking guy is and, and his notoriety. Mm-hmm.
2: Dip shit meter time.
0: All right. As you guys know, we go brutality. We go cruelty. We've got criminal mind, depravity, and then the body count, the number of people. Mm-hmm. And this dude is fucking high. (laughs) He is tied for fourth on our list of the 14 people that we've covered so far.
1: Guy is a, is yikes.
0: He's right behind Joaquin Kroll Mm -hmm. and he's tied with Catherine Knight. He's just above Jeffrey Dahmer, if that puts anything in there. But we're not, we won't tell you the score just yet. But first, let's talk about brutality.
2: This dipshit was brutal.
0: For brutality, very high. Yeah. I mean... Well, dude used a claw hammer. Yeah, that is... That was
1: his weapon of choice. That's
0: a brutal way to deal the death. Yeah, Yeah. yikes. And (laughs) and 20
1: some odd times? 24 times. (sighs) Yeah. Brian Cherry was bludgeoned to death with the claw end of a hammer. Yeah, that's not a good way to go. I I left out a lot of the detail. I'm glad you did. um, Because we don't need to hear all that shit. Right. I, I still brought in enough, but... Holy cow! What very, he did to this man—very brutal.
0: We didn't give him a five; he gave him a four point five. Yeah, but that's pretty high. It's that's high. about as high as it can be.
1: The only reason he got a, a little bit of a lower score is because he killed. He was pretty brutal, but he killed um, Nisha Sheath, hit her six times, and then fled. Right. That was pretty much it. uh He she he.
0: If hit, he would have had more time, maybe.
1: Yeah. Well, then, and he killed uh, Brian Cherry. (laughs) So he took his time. (laughs) Right. But then when Richard Loudwell came in, he ran out of time. He would have done the same thing.
0: brutal few moments.
1: So that's why his score was a little bit lower, because he brutalized.
0: He didn't get to do what he wanted to do.
1: He brutalized, uh, really fully brutalized one human.
0: Right. So 4.5.
2: Did the dipshit enjoy the hurting?
0: Now, cruelty, a little bit lower, 3.75. Mm-hmm. When it comes to cruelty, he isn't the highest on thing. But he also doesn't have a, a high sample size either. He only right. killed three people. Right. He seem like a cruel motherfucker. Yeah. He, Absolutely. Cold. Yeah. Very cold. Yeah. A lot of the interview stuff is just like, right. what the fuck?
1: Well, you know, and there was no kidnapping. There was no, um, you know, holding them. There was no extended torture except for he was just, I mean, like that young girl, the 17-year-old girl. Um, he terrorized her for I don't know how long thirty minutes. Yeah. But his cruelty was fairly uh, low, just because he didn't have a lot of time to be cruel. I'm sure he wasn't the nicest guy on the day to day. Right. But
0: you know, it's a 3.75 out of five, so it's still very high. All right, now let's talk about his criminal mind.
2: How smart was the dipshit? <laughs>
0: so 3.75 we gave him for the criminal mind because yes, he fooled a lot of doctors.
1: He was a dumb shit, but right. yeah. he did, he, he talked a good game yeah. and he knew how to act. And, and I compared it to Ed Kemper because it was a very similar situation. Mm-hmm. He's in a psychiatric facility Mother. and the doctors are like, Mary, I don't think he's that bad. Yeah, Although Ed him
0: get coffee for us. Ed
1: Kemper was way more. Uh, Savvy, I guess You know, he was working for the fucking doctors Whereas
0: That's the highest level
1: Peter Bryan was just like Well, you know He's he's, got Let's put him in minimal security Yeah Yeah, Don't worry about him He has fashion sense Right Good God
0: Okay (laughs) 3.75 Now let's talk depravity
2: This dipshit ate people That's pretty depraved
0: And so this guy gets a 5.0 Yep For depravity All the
1: way to the top
0: Yeah You can't eat people and not get a 5.0. Nope. He, he... And he cooked them in a fucking... He had great seasoning ideas for brains and shit. Hey, it's Nigel again, and I thought we could do some people brain pudding. Oh, look at this guy's brain. He must have been a scientist. Yeah, I know. His arms and legs are like chicken. Right. That's...
1: Well, he I heard dismembered they were more like
0: pork. Right? This long pork is the. Um. Yeah,
1: well, he dismembered Brian Cherry on his living room floor with a fucking little tiny utility knife. Yeah, that's. And a screwdriver. And breaking driver. the bones with his. And then he basically spooned his brains out, put it in uh, a frying pan, and fried it up with butter and clover. And ate it. Can you ima- <sighs> he was getting ready to eat the rest. It was on a plate next to the fucking stove. Can you imagine? Thank walking God into that they cleanup? stopped.
0: What's crazy is that they walked in there and they they were trying to help him because they thought he was the yeah. one that was distressed. Imagine that moment when that you're like, shift oh, in your brain when you're like, oh, fuck. Fuck. yeah, you know? that would have been crazy. <laughs> now let's talk about the lowest score that he has the body count.
2: How much of a threat was this dipshit to the public? Yeah.
0: So we have an official score for that and he only mm-hmm. killed three people that we know of. Yeah. And so he gets a 1.0. That is literally 1.0 right. And that gives us a full score mm-hmm. of 3.6. So a, pretty decent. Yeah. I mean, Jeffrey Dahmer is a three five five. Yakim crawls at 3.85. Mm-hmm. The highest that we have is 4.5 with Albert Fish, and there's only one. There's, I guess, two technically. Uh, only one, but there's two fours total, mm-hmm. and that's Pedro Lopez with 3.95 mm-hmm. and Albert Fish. But that's pretty high. He's, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: he's in that top tier of shitlords. Yep. Yeah,
1: well, he deserves to be
0: there. He does. God, he definitely does. Now let's talk about his notoriety because he's not very well known.
2: Have you heard of this dipshit?
0: Now, as you guys know, we talk about before he's caught, after he's caught, and then his overall infamy when it right. comes to our notoriety meter or the score. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you overall, we gave him a 3.33, but let's get there. Uh, before his trial, before he was caught, he was kind of well-known. Mm-hmm. You gave him a 3.0.
1: Well, he yeah, he was in and out of institutions. He had killed Nisha. Uh, and hit her brother in the head and that hit the, hit the news and, and it hit the news people were aware of what was going on yeah. um so you know they they found out that this guy was killing people with a hammer mm-hmm. and uh, he ended up going to a psychiatric hospital so he wasn't unknown right and then um it was quite a bit later what was it 14 years later he then ended up killing Brian Cherry right that hit the news and it was devastating to that community Because it was a cannibal loose. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Well, not essentially loose, but people were. Existing.
0: They had been previously loose.
1: People were damaged and appalled by what the news were were reporting. I mean, they had this area specifically had never seen anything like this. So, yeah, pretty high.
0: Then when we got after the trial, when people learned about these crimes. All
1: the shit that he did.
0: 4.5. Yep.
1: Way up there. Yeah. So in the UK... He was, uh, he's considered UK's Hannibal Lecter. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you think about how he behaved in prison, he couldn't even stay in high security prison. They didn't want him, they wow. were afraid of him. Yeah. So he had to go to Broadmoor. And uh, if you ever have a chance to look into Broadmoor, that's an interesting story by itself. We'll have to look
0: into that. Creepy, here.
1: upsetting, unsettling. Just yikes. That's
0: right up our alley, guys. <laughs> Let's get it.
1: There's so many allegations of terrible things that have happened at Broadmoor, namely because, in my unprofessional opinion, the type of patients, I guess, that are admitted there are uh, vicious offenders. Right. Out of control. And just uh, not there mentally.
0: Be it would be tough to get that So cake. it would be
1: very difficult to... I mean, these are we'll non-rehabilitatable... Prisoners, Right. Uh, So, yeah.
0: Well, 4.5, very high Mm -hmm. for after the trial. Although you may have never heard of them. And that's because the infamy overall, very low. Yeah. 2.5. Right. It made it across
1: the globe a little bit, but Mm -hmm. not really. Not really. And. It was pretty localized to UK. Yeah. You know, I say local to UK. Yeah, there's, well. (laughs) But if we're talking global, you know. It
0: probably hit the whole Western world except the United States. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, 2.5 overall, 3.33. So really, it's it's just a right at average, mm-hmm. but I've never heard of him. Right. Pe- Peckish Pete.
1: I hadn't either until I started looking into stuff.
0: Yeah. So, and it's not likely we want to glorify these guys. No. And I don't know what kind of nickname should we give this. Son I
1: know bitch? we can't Peckish Pete's stupid. You can't nickname yourself.
0: Yeah. What the let's fuck? let's talk about that in our conclusion.
2: What do our dipshits think of this dipshit? Eh?
0: Nicknaming yourself means that we can't use the nickname for him. <laughs>
2: that's our, just fucking dumb.
0: Even though we've used it 13, 15 times in mm-hmm. the episode so far and probably in the title. I don't know. <laughs> but let's give him something else.
1: Peter, Peter, people eater. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's that's still kind of good, though, for yeah, him. Yeah, I know. How about just Peter the dipshit? Uh, I,
1: I got nothing. Yeah, besides, I got nothing either.
0: Yeah. He's a dipshit. And he that's why he's on our show.
1: Awful. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, this was yet another of the fall through the crack. Mm-hmm guys, and you've been purposely, you know, mm-hmm. pointing these out to us right. because this, this is it something
1: happens. Yeah. See the, the, the challenge here is nobody's perfect. We know that, uh, no profession is perfect. No profession has a, a perfect scorecard. Right. We know that that's not what we're talking about.
0: Right. We're not trying to point fingers and be the like, issue, you guys don't know what you're doing.
1: No, 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 no. The issue here is, uh, mistakes are human. Mistakes are to be accept uh, expected. hmm uh, however, the subject matter is literally not just life and death, but it's life and horrible death. Yeah. It's when somebody falls through the cracks. Yeah. These people are extremely brutal and extremely dangerous, and they should never fall through the cracks. I agree. None of them should. The mental
0: health nuance. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I, I mean, I would, I, I'm not reading the the literature currently about, you know, psychological health mm-hmm. Psycho- psychological health I can't even pronounce it obviously so I'm not <laughs> reading it uh, but you know I'm sure that they are moving the science forward every year I'm sure that there's lots of new things mm-hmm. that are learned that we don't know about and that right? layman people probably don't know about or couldn't explain
1: those that are professionals in this field these doctors I'm sure that's their job you you would expect that they were moving forward
0: and I bet they are the number times. one focus on making sure that people don't fall through, through those cracks But I bet you there's a lot, especially today, because we're kind of in this where we don't like nuance and stuff. Mm -hmm. There's probably a lot of people falling through the cracks because simply like this situation here Mm -hmm. where it's like, we just want to be nice. Yeah. We want to give everybody 5,000 chances, even when they say they don't want it, even when they say they should be locked away.
1: There are specific personality disorders that should not be given those chances. Yeah.
0: The nuance has to be. They are non-rehabilitatable. It's like,
1: permanent.
0: Yeah, we need to stop talking about mental health as this big thing. And it's stop not there. A, exactly yeah. because it just makes it so we're just talking about abstract things.
1: Yeah, you know. Well, it makes you it makes you makes it look like you're discussing the person who has you know seasonal depression, right? And peckish Pete in the same yeah, subject, exactly. and you can't
0: even even whatever peckish Pete had, mm-hmm. he's a specific combination of that issue, right? And whatever his genetics are as well that leads him to being this way all the, the other people that have that 99.9% of them have probably not violent tendencies right mm-hmm. so that's exactly correct Depending on what he has. Unless we can, that's the thing with mental health. If we could break it down to where it is, it's this kind of thing with violence, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'm sure they have. I just don't know about it. I'm
1: sure they have too. And the if you're thing, a
0: psychologist or, you know, yeah. and, and want to educate us, we're Please. F- so, I mean, we're going to be c- t- covering these topics and probably pissing you guys off with wrong information yeah. all the time. Please so let us know. Let us know. Email
1: infoscatcast.com. Let us know. Okay. Um, The thing with Peter Bryan is I could not find an official diagnosis that was a bottom line diagnosis anywhere. Mm. I just couldn't. And there is so the tribunal, the um, the investigation uh, NHS did on this case. It's online. You can find it. It's one hundred and three pages long. Mm. You can dig through it. You can read all the quotes you can. And this is from their investigation into Peter Bryan and Richard Loudwell. I mean, um, Brian Cherry. Sorry. And there's a lot of information there. Certain things are missing, but this was NHS's investigation. Mm. But even digging through that, which is the the health authority, basically. And
0: yeah, the National Health Service.
1: Even that didn't state his final diagnosis. Uh, he was diagnosed as a sociopath and a narcissist. Um, He was also at one point they touched on uh, dissociative identity disorder. Well, they Mm -hmm. called it multiple personality disorder Mm -hmm. because of his anger issues. They also labeled him as psychotic uh, and they put him on anti-psychotic. That's the one
0: when you get on that one. Mm -hmm. That's a tough one because (coughs) that becomes a real dangerous place. Right this this associative identity disorder is also strange because one of those personalities could be psychotic mm-hmm. too that's very strange well
1: you know and they brought up um they brought up a term i can't remember what it is right now but they brought up a term that is uh, directly associated with bipolar disorder as well hmm. so ultimately i did not see they didn't see, know
0: they didn't know what the hell no, was going on with them they
1: really didn't like that one uh, psychiatrist stated the the boundaries of his he can't give him a diagnosis because his symptoms aren't clearly defined right
0: and that's my fear with mental with mind science Mm -hmm. is that the vast amount of things that we don't know is it's just so overwhelming compared to what we do know well you can't take a blood test
1: you can't take a blood test or spit in a cup or pee in a cup and say oh well, here's your issue. Yeah. It's not like that. No. It's nuanced, and uh, gosh, it, it's almost like, although there are parameters and there are baselines, it's almost like it's uh, nuanced from person to person.
0: Yeah, there's so much room for because error. Because
1: of individual experiences, their personality type, maybe their per- worldview and their perspective.
0: And in the, in society's perspective, mm-hmm. too. And maybe... The DCM-5 has changed to, you know, 6, mm-hmm. and 29. They're right. all going to be different. You know?
1: Exactly. So, it's... It's a kind of a weird situation. It's an unfortunate situation. And uh, yeah, I'm not choosing these to call anyone out. What I'm doing is just bringing light to the fact that these individuals have fallen through the cracks. Yeah. These individuals should not have fallen through the cracks. Yeah. The, the do I have a solution? Fuck no.
0: I don't know. But see, that's the thing. Saying this stuff, it could be, how dare these people not do their jobs right? It's like, hold on, calm down. Yeah. They, The world doesn't know how to do this 100% right. 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 How do we help them more is the, I can't the
1: way help I would want to look at it. Exactly. But I can't help but read the facts of this case and be like, what the hell? <laughs> you guys are professionals. What? Right. How long? 11 minutes alone in a lunchroom in a high-security psychiatric hospital?
2: Um, I'm sure that And person. you
1: heard the sounds? You had to have. They... The patients were saying that they could hear them reverberate through the halls. Yeah. 11 minutes alone with this guy. Sheesh. Come on. Those mm. are the things where I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. That is fucked up. I mean, and you know, I, in a very harsh and uh, heartless way, I didn't, you know, I wasn't crying over Richard Loudwell. I right. mean, look what he did to that woman. Right. Um, but
0: but still at the same time.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It shouldn't happen that's
0: right all right to recap 3.6 fourth highest in the dipshit meters for this episode 12 yeah uh 3.3 3 on the notoriety scale not as important we just kind of like to do that so we can figure out where this person sits in like mm-hmm. our knowledge of the son of a bitch but the danger meter the danger score fucking a bro yeah i've never heard of him before highly dangerous people like this very dangerous it can't be on the street no no let's talk you should about
1: never be let out
0: no <laughs> no now let's talk about next week's show
2: next week on the dipshit files another dipshit
0: so next week we are going to make it the last of the cannibals for for june right and
1: then
2: then we're gonna have
0: fun after that oh
1: yeah with other stuff Well, there's all kinds of different things we'll
0: get back to terrible things as well
1: yeah next week uh it's not cannibalism per se Okay. It's not. Um, but I have, and I've been working on it, uh, little bits here and there between scripts <laughs> for quite some time. So we are going to talk about um, the QAnon conspiracy of adrenochrome. Oh my goodness. And ap- Hollywood's you mean this good? apparent obsession with young children's blood. Yeah. Okay. okay. I looked into that for Time I, Suck. I'm interested now. I know, okay. I know. So I've been looking into it and... Uh yeah. There's so much mm-hmm. bullshit mm-hmm. hearsay of that, yeah. non-provable oh, no. crap. Yep. Now, tons of it. The direction that I went recently when I was looking into this, uh that is provable, that is dark and I don't know if I want to talk about it, is the um plasma industry. Hmm. Blood, Donations, and Plasma. That's... I've not heard of that. Very disappointing. Hmm. It was disappointing to me. So I don't know if I want to bring up a disappointing... Well, now
0: we're all fucking curious, (laughs) wife. What are you going to do? We'll we'll, we'll touch on that.
1: Yeah, but, you know, I I want to make this lighthearted. I want to make it funny. I I want to stay away from the darkness if we can. But the
0: earth is dark. (laughs) Things can't be funny without a victim, and that's just the way it is, even...
1: Well, we get to show. laugh at adrenochrome conspiracy and Hollywood's obsession with children's blood.
0: Well, that sounds lovely. It's gonna be, I, 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 The QAnon thing, that th- threw me for <laughs> such a fucking... I mean, I've heard all the conspiracies that they were talking about, cause mm-hmm. all QAnon is is a fuckload of conspiracies wrapped in Donald Trump is a savior and mm-hmm. probably Agent Q. Right. Or Nose, Agent Q. And it was really fucking... I
1: can't help but sing the Charlie Ang- Charlie's Angels theme song <sighs> in my head when I think <laughs> about that.
0: Well, this should be fun. Trump
1: is Charlie.
0: Yes. Okay. Uh, no. Nope. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. Not Charlie. <laughs> they call me uh, All right. <laughs> so, that was this show.
1: Yes, it was.
0: Thank you for joining us on the Dipshit Files number 12. <sighs> uh, Peter Bryan what a dipshit yeah dipshit I'm I'm not a fan of the guy no I don't like him I don't think he should be alive still I think it's really weird that he's alive but so be it diminished
1: diminished capacity diminished responsibility fuck me (laughs) I wish I could blame the you know I'm sorry I didn't get the dishes on I've got diminished responsibility I got cramps whatever
0: (laughs) (laughs) that could be used for a lot of things
1: diminished response I'm sorry I'm using that
0: not with me (laughs) now I know where it came from (laughs) All right thank you guys for listening check out com for all the silly merch that we have and yeah. for lots of other episodes um thank you for all of the rates and reviews mm-hmm. and for all the kind things you say uh, info at com is how to reach out to us if mm-hmm. you have ideas for the show corrections if you're a psychologist or a psychiatrist and yes. you want to scold us for our lack of knowledge or understanding yeah all of those things welcome right uh Other than that, we have a Patreon, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, Monique and I are working on doing some bonus stuff in there for Dipshit Files coming up soon. Uh, so that might be worth it to you if you only listen to the dipshit files mm-hmm. and you don't like them
2: skit in your face all the time, right? You only like them little mini skit scats in the. Oh, we could files.
1: do we could do all kinds of like little ones, you know. No. We've got all kinds of cool plans for we've, the dipshit files.
2: We've got fun for you, so
0: if you'd like to join our Scatcast Patreon community, you can go to patreon.com/slash/scatcast, mm-hmm. become a littermate, a scat cat, or an inside scooper. Mm-hmm. We also have a, a podcast that we do every week together, Monique and I, mm-hmm. behind the paywall. Uh, It's called the inside scooper. Mm -hmm. And and it also has a segment that's called inside shit. It's very complicated. (laughs) Fucking A. (laughs) There's lots of ways to hear our voices if you're interested in that. Monique and I basically live on the internet now. So uh, we'd appreciate your... uh your support and love and and uh, yeah. or criticisms.
1: I'd like to throw some love out there to Lab Guy. Yes. The Shipbox Wizard and
0: uh, Chris the Dookie Slayer, Discord yeah, Dookie Slayer, Discord you guys, Slayer. Are making that social media stuff happen. It's really cool. And yeah, we appreciate you. If you ever visit those places the shipboxes are are open to the public group mm-hmm. for Facebook. Uh, you'll you'll meet Don. Don is a is a very good communicator. Yes, mm-hmm. he is. I believe the same is in Discord. Discord is like a fucking river filled with little <laughs> flowing things. And you
1: can't get in Discord without ideas it improving your day and making a, you
0: laugh. It's just awesome. Yeah, some of the you guys are hilarious. I, uh, there's a lot of comedians yeah. in our in our listener base here.
1: I was crying laughing today. Yeah,
0: same, <laughs> same. So we appreciate you guys a ton, and uh, we'll talk at you in the future.
1: It'll seem like the present. Bye. Bye.
2: Dip shit. dipshit files. Bing Bing bong.